What's up, coaches? We're really excited to officially announce our newest sponsor, Powerlift. We use Powerlift at Broken Arrow and Ankeny to design both of our facilities. They not only have a great product, they're also a bunch of good dudes. They don't come off as those greasy, bad car salesmen that you run into a lot of the time. Instead, you get to work with guys like former guest J.R. Conrad, guys that truly care about the game and your football team and want to help build your strength program. Powerlift is a trusted program that is designed the University of Oklahoma, University of Iowa, Baylor University, and Mater D High School's weight facility just in the last few years, along with many, many more. Let Powerlift take your unique needs and use them to design your state-of-the-art facility. From concept to completion, choose Powerlift. Powerful ideas, powerful results, made in the USA. Go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com and mention that Run the Power sent you. Again, that's power-lift.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance agency that specializes in securing lower rates for health-conscious people, including strength trainers, runners, and cyclists, among others. Just like saving money on car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ believes you should save on your life insurance for living a healthy lifestyle. This is the reason that 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. These savings are exclusive to Health IQ. The reason they are able to save their customers up to 33% is because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease and a 20% lower risk of cancer compared to the people that are inactive. Qualify for these rates, head to healthiq.com slash run the power and take their health, cycling, or running IQ quiz. Or if you're like me and work out using an app, you can submit that certified app's data to Health IQ to qualify. Once you qualify, Health IQ doesn't just send your offer to an insurer. It takes you through the journey. From when you submit interest to starting your application and going through underwriting and policy enforced. Policy is underwritten by one of their top partners, an insurer. Coaches, go to healthiq.com slash run the power to qualify to save up to 33% on your life insurance. Again, that's healthiq.com slash run the power to take your free quiz to qualify for up to 33% savings on your life insurance with Health IQ. Head over to the RTP store. We have two designs as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. We have our Run the Power and our Will Block for Food designs available. Go get yours today under the store tab at runthepower.com. Now you can run the power in any weather. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Ty Gower, defense coordinator at Norman North High School in Norman, Oklahoma. Prior to Norman North, Coach Gower's DC at Westmore High School in Moore, Oklahoma, and a defensive assistant at Broken Arrow High School in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Listen as we talk to Coach Gower about being a GA at Henderson State, moving up the high school ranks, and learning to call and play great defense as a defensive coordinator. You can follow Coach Gower on Twitter, at Coach Gower. You can also watch Coach Gower's RTP install over lot coverage on our YouTube channel. Hope you guys enjoy. We're talking with Coach Gower. Um, He was on our... Video clinic, which just just surpassed over a thousand views, which we, we're really excited for. But uh, you talked a little bit about lock coverage and 
Um, you know, guys seem to really be excited about that. Did you get to go to a, are you going to a clinic or do you already get to go to a clinic and speak on that? Well, I, I spoke at the Indianapolis Glacier Clinic in January and talked some three-by-one coverage stuff and the various ways that we play three-by-one, um, you know, and, and again, I've learned and stolen and taken from, from various guys and uh, I talked about that in Indianapolis. I talked a little bit about it in Dallas and uh, and then in a couple couple weeks, I'll be talking about it at the at the Reno Glacier Clinic too. So, um, so excited about that, man! And, and you know, like like I said, everything is you learned it or you saw it or you stole it from somewhere. There's very little that's being invented in football. It may be refined, but everything's kind of coming full circle. And so, uh, the three by one stuff is like like I said, it's it's been stolen, but it's been very good for for us and our kids. So. Is that, um, you know, what, what kind of made you want to start talking some of the three-by-one coverage? I'm sure you, you've been asked a bunch of times to go do clinics, and I'm sure you've done other clinics, but what kind of made you decide that this is what you're going to go to uh, with clinics this year? You know, that's the deal. Every, every It just seems like the people that we play, everybody's got that X receiver that's just, just the guy. You know, it just seems like every time somebody is – is trying to to spread you out and trying to throw the seven yard hitch or the or the over the top post and and so I found that through our cut ups and season season breakdown analysis that said man we we have treated that X receiver a whole bunch of different ways and on the flip side of that we said wow we've played trips a whole lot of different ways <laughs> and thus it kind of just it formed itself you know and and uh, and. Uh, that was, and obviously, like like I've talked about, we're three four, and everybody's favorite formation is is that trip split. You know, to kind of get that jack outside linebacker caught in space a little bit in the middle of the field, and so that's where we kind of had to evolve and come up with ways to um, still have an idea of get that jack. He's in space, but at the same time, he's that fourth rusher, and we can cover him up whether by the corner of the free safety, whether invert half or Tampa over the top, you know, and so um, that's that's kind of again like where it's formed and, and where it's morphed to. Of, of everybody picks on that space guy, and everybody runs that two man snag look to the. You know, if it's three by one minus that the back shooting weak, and you're running uh, curl or dig or whatever, and reading that that jack overhang, and and we said, well, we don't want one on one with the corner, so how do we double and take take that X away, and so. Like I talked about on the on the YouTube link the other day, it's um, it's given us the ability to at times take the X out of the game. So it's been good to us. Coach, when you guys sit down and you look at all your three by one adjustments, because obviously, I mean, you, you probably like most people I've seen, you know, you're having a two by two call and then you go to a three by one adjust. Obviously, when they come out, is that something you guys do? Uh, series by series, you know, do, do you have a certain check or do you go into a game and it's like all the time we're going to play this? Because I mean, you said you, you have a multitude of those. I know when I was at Tulsa and I kind of self-scouted our defense a couple times, I mean, they literally, at one point, I think they had like 18 to 20 different checks. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, you guys don't have a lot of tendencies there. But I mean, I, I kind of want to go into to your mindset as to as to how do you know what to carry 
and how often are you switching that up? Right. And, and to start, to be honest, I'm blessed with brilliant kids. We, we have some extremely high ACT scores at Norman North, and, and, and we can do a lot of things schematically because our kids are, number one, football is important, but number two, they are very bright. And so when it comes to a, to a game, and, and we'll spin a little bit of cover three, and we'll play some Tampa, but when it comes to a game – we have found that we have 13 variations of playing three by one out of a two high shell look, you know, and, and I, and I'm talking two high quarters look, you know, and, and obviously we'll have cover three sky stuff, but we have found 13 different variations where we can play three by one. And some of those were bracketing the X or some of those were bracketing the number three guy. Um, and so, Again, because we've got smart kids, we have found numerous variations of three by one, and and we double call everything. And oh, I, I heard him speak, and he's he's kind of a, a mentor of mine. You know, Adam Gaylor. When I learned it from from him at Broken Arrow, we double called everything. You know, so so the OC offense wasn't going to get us caught by just one front and one coverage based on two by two or three by one. Yep. And so when we do this. I don't ever want to feel tied down that the OC is going to control us, whether he's two by two or three by one or motion from two by two to three by one, you know, or vice versa. So with what we've created in our verbiage and our word families, it's allowed us to be multiple to two by two to three by one, where it's 10 personnel or 11 personnel uh, doubles or, or, or you know, tray or trips open or whatever. So, the, the variations that we've had have been kind of fun. Thus, like you talked about, the, here comes the Glazier Clinic video, <laughs> you know. So, um, and, and the guy saying, man, you, you do all that stuff. I said, number one, we've got smart kids, and that makes the world go around. But number two, it's every week of, God, how do we not make that X put highlight tape of us, you know. And sometimes we luck out, and sometimes we, we don't, just like every Friday night. But, uh Again, the, the variations we've had have been have given us some success and, and given, like you said, some Glacier Clinic tape. Well, I, I think too. I mean, it, it, when you when you're teaching, I mean, people hear 13 different things and they're like, "Why in the hell would you need 13 of those?" I mean, the way that you're able to break it up, you know, either by by boundary corner, boundary safety, your field guys, you know, the the same personnel. You're you're only teaching them a, a number of concepts because you guys are running a bunch of split coverages you know it's like you say well we'll play invert to the boundary but we're playing you know lock to the field we're playing this so, I mean it, honestly those guys are just learning basic concepts here's how we play invert half here's how we play Tampa half here's how we play this and I mean you're able to just kind of mix and match those things because you're able to compartmentalize it and break it up to teach it correct correct and and that's where we found that we we've been able to marry the eyes, the footwork, the technique to saying, okay, you know, safety, when you invert to that X receiver, it's just like we're playing cover three week. Yep. So I'm, and I'm, I coach our secondary and I've coached secondary for a long time. So you're marrying up concepts. You're not having to say, well, on this one, you do this. And on this one, you do that. So like you talk about lock when we invert, I'm just telling the free safety, hey, bud, it's weak cover three. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, the, you're the hook curl flat player, right? And, and you, teach, you teach corner, say, hey, you know how I tell you to play quarters and don't get beat deep? Yes, sir, well, don't get beat deep. 
<laughs> right? So uh, the, the, the variations in the, the marriage that we've had, two by two and three by one, um, that, that's been awesome. And, you know, like I said, we've got 13 two-read palms, quarters variations but on a Friday night, we'll take anywhere from 18 to 20 coverages. Now, again, that's including you know, cover one or, or, or spin three strong or spin three weak or, or Tampa. You know, we're, we're going to take 18 to 20, and especially you know, when you're playing the guys we play, you, you can't stay in one front and one coverage and say, okay, I hope for the best. Um, I really think you've got to be multiple. I really think you've got to coach and coach and coach and study and study and study. Uh, because I don't, I don't get big into the guys say, well, we're going to get in one front and one coverage. We're going to get really good at that. We're going to bring one strong and one bl- weak blitz. We're going to get really good at that. I don't think in this day and age of football you can do that anymore. Um, you know, I'm playing you guys at, at when, when Walls, you're at Jinx, and, uh, you know, Rowdy, you're, you're at Broken Arrow. We were, we were in bear one snap. We were in over one snap. We were in eagle one snap. You know, we were in Oki one step. You've got to be multiple in your fronts and your coverages. And that's the fun part of how do you marry all those up? And so, again, it goes back to having smart kids, but it also goes back to, man, what are you, what are you studying in the off season? What are you learning? What are you teaching? What are you saying? You know, okay, we did this pretty well, but on the flip side, we didn't do that. You know, what's your postseason analysis? What's your breakdown when everything's done? Are you just saying, oh, well, they ran inside zone on us really well? the end or are you saying well the reason they did it was because of our technique or the reason they found the x is because we didn't have the three by one coverage one this time so with the variations also comes the postseason breakdown of what do you study in the offseason and i think that's important to study and teach and and make teach tapes and cut ups say hey this is how we do it hey great job right here and, and it gives the kids a sense of you know coach trust us we're taking the coaching, we're applying it to drill work, we're applying it to the field. Um, and, again, it, it allows the OC to go, man, what are they doing? It looks too high shell, but all of a sudden they're spinning three strong, they're spinning three weak, they're doubling my X, you know. So uh, I think you got to be multiple in this day and age, and that's what the three-by-ones have done for us. I think it's it's really important, you know, with, with Walls and with Wilk, you know, if we can get – a team better be really, really good if they're going to stay in the same front, same coverage – um, if they can find something, even if it's going to be an automatic check from, like you said, motion two by two to three by one, and they've only got one check to that, uh, you know, those good OCs will go back to that uh, all day long if you don't have those options. So, um, Coach, I'm just kind of curious uh, about what, is, what does your postseason analysis look like as far as, um, you know, you guys come in, the season's over, you talk to your, to your um, defensive coaches, what are you asking them to break down? What are you asking them to make cut-ups of? Uh, what are you guys looking at? What are you looking at um, to break down to try to figure out as the offseason goes on? Sure. After, after, every, after every ball game, and, and I'm wired, win, lose, or draw after every game, I, I go in and I, I break that game down. You know, D&D, personnel, yard line, game loss, sack, TFL, touchdown, fumble, run, pass, formation, formation tree, back set, you know, what I called, what was the coverage, et cetera. So even when we walk in Saturday morning, it's broke down. The, the previous night is broke down because, you know, Rowdy and, and Walls, you guys, will, you guys are studying us. So why not study yourself from the previous night or the previous week or the previous three weeks or whatever and apply that to the next week's ball game? 
you know, you, you talk about the guys like, like Coach Wilkinson, man, it, that guy will eat you alive if he's got a tendency of they're always doing this on first and ten. They're always doing this to that formation. Um, and that's, that's where, as a coordinator, you've got to be week to week, game to game, you've got to be studying the opponent. You've got to be studying yourself as much as the opponent. And that's, that's a fine balance. That's a fine line because, again, good OCs, they're going to find what you do good, bad, or the same down in and down out. And so when it comes to the in-season analysis, what are you doing Friday night or Saturday morning? You know, are you watching the film and just putting it away? Or are you putting the D&D, the yard line, the personnel, the game loss, the, the result, your coverage call, your front call, your blitz call, that formation, that hash? What are you doing um, week to week? And I, I think that's important. But then, you know, postseason, you know, it, so the season's over. And, again, I've broke down every week. So I don't have to go in back to week one and say, okay, I'm, I'm, breaking, uh, I'm breaking it down again, right? So I've already broke down however many games, however many weeks we played. So now I just run the analysis. And I mean, I, and I don't know if it's the, the former GA coming out in me. I was a graduate <laughs> assistant at Henderson State University seven, eight years ago. And I'm telling you, we used to look at everything. Oh, my goodness, you know, 10 personnel, first down. Second and medium, 11 personnel. Uh, second and medium, coverage calls. Uh, third and short, blitz calls. And so some guys kind of make fun of me, kind of poke fun of me a little bit. But I'm, I want to know everything. I, and I'm kind of a junkie. And, and so when it comes to, like, staff breakdown, we'll break down the next opponent. But then – Every 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 I'm looking, we'll say, okay, we did this well, or we didn't do this well, or we were in this front a whole bunch against spread, and so then after the season, the season's over, and then you look at it and you say, okay, the favorite formation against Oki front was this, the favorite formation against over front was this, the run pass ratio on first down was this, and so. Again, it goes back to study, teach, and learn. Of I've got a template that is miles long <laughs> that, that is probably overkill, but I would rather be overkill than not knowing exactly what I, as a coordinator, have done and what the opponents I'm going to play the next year are doing as well. How are they combating me? You know, guys, I, I'm a big believer in postseason analysis and, and in-season analysis and, yeah. oh, Again, it goes with what are people doing to you that are, that's giving you problems? You know, we all like to look at successes and the sacks and the turnovers. I like to go back and study the stuff that hurts, the stuff that, man, they, they ran it well right here because fill in the blank. Or they did this well because our blitz game was second long and we got antsy. So – I think that's so important, the postseason and how you're studying and evaluating your own self. It, it was awesome at, uh, at uh, <clears throat> Tulsa. We were able to uh, um, kind of look back at the defense. He, I was an offensive GA, so Brent Guy, the D coordinator at Tulsa, said, Walls, I want you to break me down. So it is in between, you know, the end of the season and bowl games. So Houston had just whipped us. Rowdy, nice job. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> We, we got, you know, three, four weeks before we had to play BYU in a bowl game. So he was like, I want you to break this down. I want you to just let me know anything you can possibly find. 
right? I'm hearing an, I'm hearing an echo in mine. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I heard it I'm, too a little bit. I'm still here. Okay. Um, so anyway, when we, when we did get into it or whatever, he's like, I just want you to find any tendencies you can. So again, you know, obviously, you know, his two by two checks, you know, his three by one stuff. They had a boatload of those. I'm like, you guys are doing a great job. Not a lot of tendencies there. But I remember the one thing I did find that was kind of glaring. I'm like, coach, when you guys run, they were an even front defense. So when you guys are in your, your heads front, you know, head up twos, I said, you guys have never blitzed in that front. He was like, yeah, right. I go, so I swear to God, coach, you guys have never, ever blitzed in your head's front. It's just been a stunt or a movement every single time. So to me, you know, obviously it's one of your, your guys' run-stopping fronts, but I said if, if I was telling my offensive line, I would let them know, oh, hey, they're in heads. This would be a good chance for us to maybe check to a pass, you know, knowing they're not going to bring any, any type of pressure or understanding exactly what it was. And then he, he kind of went back and he was like, wow, you know, that's unbelievable. We haven't blitzed in it. So all of a sudden then for the bowl game, they, they put in a couple of those blitzes. But I think just having an extra set of eyes for you, and it's like you say, Coach Gower, you know, guys that look at the things where they're weak. That was what his, his biggest emphasis was. I want to know where we're not good, Walls. And it was a pretty fun assignment to do, but it, it also made me look at myself as an offensive coordinator. Like, I want to know all of my tendencies. I want to know where people are going to try to attack me. And then I want to have things off of my tendencies and I'm going to have those built in and ready because I know guys like coach Gower are breaking down all my games. They know all my tendencies. If I know my tendencies, I can break tendency and I can hurt people. And that's, you're exactly right. You know, and, and that's where defensively, I don't want to give away too many secrets, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's some people, there's some people we play that, when the back's set on, on a certain side, they're going to slide away from the back, you know. So here yep. comes what, what we consider back blitz, you know, and, yeah. and we, get, we get the two-on-one. Um, and that comes from, from scouting, you know, and, and that comes from, you know, scouting your opponent, but also one of those deals of, you know, the opponent, the, the guy you're watching the, the previous game going, hey, they had success with this. What if we did it? But what if we did it? This little little tag or this little, uh, you know, difference in it, and now the next guy gets going. Now wait a minute. They didn't do that week four and week five, but they did it week six. So now we got to add to our arsenal, or we got to got to do something to combat this. We had a uh, we had a really embarrassing one uh, when we were at Houston. It was my freshman year, and after that, we did a the, the coaches did an analysis on it. Um, our our center would actually he was supposed to set the protections. He would give and he would do that with the hand signal. So he'd put up the hand signal or whatever it was for left or right protection, but he'd only do it on pass plays. So we had a one hundred percent of the time uh, his hand was moving. It was a pass. So. Um, it obviously was a was an awful tendency, and I don't think we caught that till the end of the year. So that's um, I think that's one of the things like you guys were talking about how important that can be. That was at at the college level, and now maybe it's not as important at Houston because everyone knew you were throwing it just about every time, anyways. But um, little things like that are crazy that coaches don't pick up on. And and that's where we we did a thing with uh, we all had connections and networks and knew this guy and that guy. We did a thing in the off season after recruiting where we would take an opponent film or somebody we did not play, you know, somebody from a different conference or whatever, and we would send three games of us and we and they would send us three games. And 
we would break them down and say, okay, here's our game plan or here's what you're doing or the tendency that you may not know about. And here's what we saw for, for three games. Hmm. And, and it, it was awesome. And it made us better. And it kept us kind of in the mode. We did it right before spring ball um, it, to, to kind of get us in the, in the mode and in the mood to, to kind of prepare and to kind of do the huddle breakdown stuff. And, uh, and, and it was awesome. And, and we got our results back when we went, oh, wow. I didn't realize that, it, you know, and, and, and then I kind of got the, the whole, well, you're the GA. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to figure out the breakdown. You're supposed to be the sales guy. So, it's, always, so, it's always the GA's fault, man. Come on. And so I've kind of – it was kind of a halfway joking matter, but at the same time it was kind of like, wait a minute. That's where I've gotten to a little bit of overkill, you know, a little bit of, man, I can just picture – I can picture our, our defense coordinator, our head coach going, hey, GA, fix it. Tell me. I'm supposed to know these things, you know. And so uh, that was something that I, that I would suggest to somebody, finding an opponent, somebody you don't play. We all know people, uh, you know, through coaching and network, relationships and all that other. Find somebody out of state and say, hey, send me three games. I'll send you our three games, and let's break each other down like we're going to play on a Friday night and send us the results. Tell us our tendencies. Tell us what we're doing or, or not doing. Um, and and it, was, it was awesome. It was really, really good, good for me. And I've never been a head coach, but that's going to be a win. And if I get to be a head coach, that's going to be one of those deals. If I'm going to call up a buddy of mine and say, hey, I'll send you our three, you send us us three, and, and uh, we'll game plan against each other. Now, of course, you know, we don't play, but just know that, that we won the game. So there you go, right? Uh, yeah well we uh, i was just say coach guy i think coach guy got it from from boise state because that's where he was at and we played boise state that year uh week two i believe or week two or week three something like that but i mean again once we got done with that game now boise state blew the doors off of us but we didn't give up a sack so it made me feel pretty good our guys said hey we were well prepared uh, up front and it was the first time they hadn't gotten a sack in literally like 20 or 30 games something crazy like that so they called Brent literally the next day and said hey can we talk to your offensive line guys because you know we we felt like they had a beat on us all night and I'm not lying I did I mean that's that was all I did for three days was break down you know where, where should we where should we put our protections and try to kind of help coach Johnson put those guys in the right situations and we did and it was pretty fun to be able to talk to those guys because they did exactly what you said, Coach Gower. They called us, and, and me and Coach Johnson had a chance to just kind of talk to those guys and say, hey, here are some tendencies we saw on you guys. You know, here's some things maybe you want to look. But it showed me that those guys wanted to get better too, you know, and they knew we're not going to play Tulsa. They're out of conference. So it was a team that, that they could kind of get a scouting report on. And Heck, they ended up going, I think, you know, 13-1 and one or something like that. But you kind of got a picture into, you know, what goes on behind the scenes at a lot of these successful programs. And that's, that's exactly right. And, and that's, that's another thing, you know, of, of uh, talking about GA work, I was, man, I just got done playing division two ball and I was, I was, <laughs> you know, young and didn't thought I knew something and I really didn't. And learning from those people and, you know, being in the room of, sit down and, and listen, that was, that was some of the greatest things ever of, now the pressure's on when you're having to make the third and four call versus, you know, you're signaling the third and four call because the defense coordinator, here's what I want to do, you know. 
And and so, but then it, but then we kind of got back to the whole, you know, you've done tendency, you've done the breakdown, you've done the analysis, and and uh, I don't know. It just it was always it always resonated with me of man, get the work done now, so you don't have to get the work done later. And and I've really tried to to keep that with me of what are you doing now that's going to help you win later. And, and that's like I talked about. There's an opponent we play that they always set the back this way, and guess what's going to happen? So we're going to blitz the back, and we've been successful against a certain opponent whenever we run this blitz. So, um, so anyway, like like you know, moving on. But the in season, postseason analysis is is so crucial. And, and like I say, Walls, you know, when when we were GAs, man, you felt a tiny bit of you know, I knew that was going to happen. I've studied mm-hmm. it. We talked about it in the film room. We, you know, we've been over it as a staff. And, and you, you know, defense coordinator made the call, but you kind of felt like you had a hand in it as a young guy and saying, man, I kind of helped coach out right there. And we got the sack or we got the pressure or we got the whatever and getting off the grass on third down. Coach, you were, you know, you just talked about you were a GA and we've actually had a lot of the coordinators we've had on and head coaches. And, you know, obviously Walls was uh, a GA. So kind of curious. What, what brought you to deciding you wanted to go ahead and be a GA? And, and there are a lot of guys with a lot of different perspectives on it. Is that something you would push a younger coach into doing if he was thinking about it? Or would you redirect him maybe another way? I, I had just finished playing at East Central University and, and was looking for a job. And oh, my mom and dad are Oklahoma school teachers and coaches. And at the time, or still is, you know, Oklahoma teacher pay is what it is, right? And and so right. they kind of they begged me and said, "Man, do something else, do something else." But but I wanted to coach. I mean, it was in my blood. That's what I knew. I, that's that's just what I did. And so um, the guy the guy I played for, East Central, they were they were best men in each other's wedding. Talking about the head coach at Henderson State, and they had a GA job open. And so I called my head coach, said, "Hey, you know, can you help me out with this?" And um, and I was sitting in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, about 72 hours later. Um, and it, it, came from, it came from networking, you know, and that's, that's the deal about being a GA. Let's call it like it is, guys. It's about who you know in this business. It, it really is. But at the same time, it's who you know and what they know that will help you along later so you can actually know what you're talking about as well. Um, so if a guy was wanting to be a GA – I would, man, I would push it and I would almost force it on them, you know, and I, it doesn't matter if it's division one, division two, junior college, whatever. I, I would, I would suggest doing it. You know, if you can financially do it and, and there's some, there's some things that you're going, man, I, I'm only making $500 a month, you know, and, and I'll be honest when I was at Henderson, I, I slept in the office for, for six months, literally. I, I had me a cot in there and, and that's where I slept. That's what I did from the time I got there to, to the end of semester. And I didn't have any bills and free internet and free, you know, free shower and got to watch ball and talk ball all day. And, and luckily I had a meal, I did have a meal card. So, so I don't know if that was a good <laughs> or a bad thing, but I did have a meal card. So, so as the coach said, God, man, d- you got- God dang, you guys, you guys were high rollers then, man. Well, he said, man, you got three hots and a cot. What else do you want? And I said, literally, I got a cot. So, yeah. so, so that's when I was, and I was single. I was 23 years old, man. 
Um, and uh, I was quote unquote living on my own, you know, and it, it taught me how to, how to grow up, be a man, take care of my own business and um, work for other people who had, who had been coaching for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and, and so I would, I would suggest push force, whatever word you want to use. If you've got aspirations of being a GA, um, you know, and, and Rowdy, you know, lots of people, Brady, you know, lots of people. I, I, I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, know lots of people, but <laughs> you know, call, call one of us, say, man, do you know this guy? And I'm willing to bet there's somebody that we know that knows that guy. Um, and that's what was so fun at, at our staff at Broken Arrow. You know, and I go back to that, and it was so special to him because I just finished up the GA, and we didn't have a full-time spot, so I was looking for a job again. And so I finished up my master's, and, and that was the next thing. I don't have any college debt, you know. Uh, yep. uh, you get your master's paid for, and that was awesome. And, and that's what was so special at BA is Adam Gather had been a GA. Steve Dunn had been a GA. Tyler Kane had been a GA. Jay Wilkinson was an offense coordinator at UCO. You know, we had a bunch of guys that had some college experience. Da of we'd all have the stories, and we tried to uh, we tried to one up each other. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. You know, and and that was oh, I got lucky and spoiled because we had huddle. If you remember the old DSV days, D- DSV get days, guys. That oh, anybody remember those brutal days? Dude, DSV was a Cadillac compared to the one I had at Augustana. <laughs> The one, I, the, the one I had at Augustana, I think, was like a rickshaw in Thailand. That's about how good that some bitch was, man. It was bad. You, you, had to like, you, you had to, like, record things in real time, and it was all VHS. So if you messed it up, you just wasted three hours. You got to go restart. And that's the deal of, of uh, we would all be sitting around the office and we're saying, you know, and Adam, Adam was kind of the, the, the old guy, I guess the old guy, the older guy who his teach teach tapes were still VHS, you know? So I, so old, old guy, I kind of made fun of him because he wasn't at the digital age. Right. And so, so all my stuff was on hard drive and I, and now all my hard drives are filled up and I'm just, it's amazing how fast a terabyte can go when you've been coaching for, you know, six, seven, eight years or whatever, and the film you accumulate and all that other, but and saying that, man, if you've got aspirations to be a GA, and, and go do it. Now, obviously, you got to figure out how to make how to how to make a living, and because Division Two, man, you're going to make five hundred bucks a month. Um, but the outcome, man, it, it's more than I can say. And, and I was just at Henderson State University this past week and talking talking defense and meeting with Coach Maxfield, and it's like I never left. It, we just picked up right where we left off, and and Oh, he was like a second dad to me. You know, I was six hours away from, from my house, from mom and dad. And, and Coach Max, man, he, he took care of me. And he – I will always be indebted to him because he gave me my first quote-unquote job. And he's one of the top guys in my resume, his references. And, and so that's the deal of you're going to screw up because I know I did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're going to learn so much ball, so much leadership, so much mentorship – and, and and you will take that and advance it and pay it forward as, as we like to say. So, so I, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be a GA, but there are times I won't lie where you're sitting in the office at one o'clock in the morning going, we just got home from a six hour bus trip. I'm exhausted. What am I doing? But man, if you can just make it day to day to day to day, 
the payoff is 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 unbelievable. So I think that's the deal of like people sure go, oh, it's not bad. Oh, you'll be okay. I mean, it's work. But gosh, it was a lot of fun work. Yeah, I love I loved loved the whole grind of it. I mean, there'd be there'd be times that obviously, yeah, it was brutal. But uh, I think Coach Seymour had come on and he said, you know, your currency that you're getting paid isn't money. It's going to be football knowledge. And that was honestly what I was thirsty for. That just became my motive. You know, I, I want to learn as much ball as I possibly could. You know, and if, if I had to stay up a little bit late and maybe I, I wasn't going to shave for six or seven days, hey, so be it. That was the way I was going to be. And I, I probably smelled pretty bad. And I think I was probably using a little bit of uh, caffeine and chewing tobacco to stay awake. Well, so be it. That's just kind of the way it was. I mean, at the end of the day, I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for anything because I learned a ton of football. Absolutely not. And, and not only in football, it was, it was the clinics, you know, the AFCA conventions and the networking and, and hey, let me introduce you to this guy. And that's what Coach Maxwell was so great, getting, getting his GAs and his coaches out, you know, networking, connecting. And, and, and I've met so many people. And, oh, when you meet so many people, you, you kind of get entwined into this black market, all 22 video, you know, secret society thing. Yep. And, <laughs> And somehow, some way, I've gotten involved in that. Now, I, I, it's kind of like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> That's right. So, so I won't divulge any, any members. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen a few of the members. But um, there's, there's certain people out there. And you talk about postseason analysis, you know, going back to that. Uh, it's, I, I'm blessed that I have a very understanding wife because the laptop next to, next to our bed has always got – something that I've stolen or got from somebody or friend that, again, because of Coach Maxfield, because of Coach Spavitov, because of Coach Gather, because of Coach Dunn, because of guys that have, that have taken me and molded me and said, hey, let me introduce you to this guy. And so uh, my huddle library, and we talked about my hard drive, it's uh, – I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> well, and you got, the, you got the whiteboard on the wall at your house too, don't you? That was um... – that I think you must be a better husband than me because I I I tried for I'm still trying now going on a year to get a whiteboard hung up in our house but it, well, it they, has to go underneath the bed and I have to slide it out when I'm ready to use it. Harper, they got they got the paint now. You can actually paint it on the wall, and what you can do now I, I'm, I've been thinking about it. Right, you put it up there and you just say it's something for Jackson the kids to be able to write on. We can clean it off. <laughs> That's right, and yeah, when, when my wife and I bought this house. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of begged her. I said, you know, cause it was kind of a give and take on the whole house buying process, you know, first time home buyers. And, and I said, Hey, is it okay? Cause there's a study room and I'm in the study room right now. And it's, it's like my man cave. I mean, there's more pictures and autographed footballs and helmets and books. And, and so I, I've got a, got a, a whiteboard here that, Oh, um, how do I say this? I don't know if it's because I'm a good husband or I've got an unbelievable wife, but uh, it's it's had a few drawings on it. Let me let me just say that. And there's actually a drawing now that I'm, you know, one day I'll walk in here and go, man, that's good stuff. And the next day I'll go in here and go, ah, you race, that's not any good. So, but but yeah, if if you can get your your significant other, wife or whoever, to to put one or uh you know just be happy and cook dinner or say yes ma'am or, or whatever so I, I i'm blessed that she allows me to do that 
Harper, I just asked Melissa right now, and she said I cannot get one. So I just got, <laughs> Dang it. I just got denied, too. So sorry. See, see, I went out on the ledge. I went ahead. I got it. I bought it. It was a big one. I got where I could mount it, and I was like, we're ready to roll. She's like, uh, no, that's not going up on the wall. I said, what if I put a nice frame around it? We'll let Jack's draw on it. She's like, uh, no. <laughs> so it's underneath the it's underneath the bed right now when I when I want to roll it out, but it's not a fight that I've lost uh, totally yet. Uh, it'll be the next house we get that'll be in the negotiating uh, parts of it. So we'll make sure we well, get that on the next one. And that's the deal. Like so, I've I've got my chair. You know, we've all got the chair in the living room, right? Yeah. And and it drives my wife insane because I don't just watch the game. You know, I can't just be a fan, and I don't care if I'm watching. <laughs> It doesn't no, matter who I'm dude, watching. Yeah, hell no. It could it could be the Cleveland Browns versus the Bengals. I'm I'm drawing stuff up. And and that's where so I've got my notepad, you know, it's next to my chair and and she, you know, she'll say, You have a whiteboard in your study. You know, and so I'll leave paper. It's it's kind of become a secret game lately of, of I'll leave something laying around just so she can, you know, find it, just so it's kind of become the, the young couple's game a little bit. See, I used to do it and just leave it there because, hey, I was a bachelor forever, right? Mm-hmm. Now I know it kind of drives her crazy a little bit, so I, so I do it just because at times. That's right. Well, we had the GA pad at Tulsa, so we ended up getting a, a new place, and it was, it was a four-bedroom, so we had four GAs that were all living in there, and then we had a pool in the back. So you want to talk about the ultimate bachelor pad, we had a, a projection screen. One of the guys had gotten a projector, probably jacked it from Tulsa. <laughs> I don't know where he got it. But uh, we had that there to be able to watch film in the living room. And then we had a whiteboard in the living room as well. And on the whiteboard, it was pretty crazy. I always tell, well, Coach Bunning was on. So it was autographed by Coach Bunning, uh, Jake Spavita, who's now the OC at, at uh, West Virginia, yep. Tyler Carlton, who is receivers coach, I believe, at Western Carolina. And he was at Clemson for a long time, and I forget who the fourth one was. I can't remember who the, the fourth one would have been. It might have been one other Bunnings dudes, but it's probably Bunning himself. I don't know. I can't remember. But all four of those guys had autographed it. I took a picture of it and I sent it to him. He's like, dude, that's like gold. And now I don't know, I don't know where I don't know where that thing is. Right? It was like kind of one of the, the original heirlooms of GA Hall of Fame. It's gone. I don't that's, know where it's at. That's exactly right. And I've got I've got shirts and shorts and stuff. Now this was 2011, and and they are like gold. I mean, that they are like. And my wife, she blows me up because you know the 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 last you know the last is kind of running out of the shorts. But I will still wear those things until well, they're going to disappear from my from my closet one day. I know that's going to happen because she's going to throw them away or something. But that's where, like, I've got all this nostalgia from, from Henderson State because it's like, I don't know, you're connected, to, you're connected to your first job. You know, and you're connected to the guys that, that helped you along the way. That's what you talk about, man. That, that GA staff you were on, my goodness, you know. Like I say, I may not know the guy, but I promise you I know a guy who knows that guy. And, and it's amazing what a small world it is. And how the connections and the relationships of of, of coaching is, and, and you guys doing the podcast, man, it's awesome. And and oh, my Twitter, <laughs> I, I've gotten people that have followed me from Michigan and California and all all sorts of people. That I'm going, I don't know who you are, but yeah, you look like a football coach. Yeah. Okay, follow. You know, <laughs> right. so so it, it's 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 been it's been really cool. But I think the big deal of 
of coaching is, man, you got to meet people. You got to meet people. You got to network. You got to go to clinics. And, and, and that's the old man say, you know, you don't have to go to clinics and learn everything, but take one thing away from each speaker and apply it somehow. And, and that's, and my dad's an old former coach and, and I've really, I've really thought about that. And now that, and when I'm doing these glacier clinic stuff and these, these sessions, I'm going, man, did I teach you one thing? And if I've taught you one thing, I've done my job, you know, and that's, that's where it goes back to being a GA. Did you learn one thing every day that you can apply later to where you're five, 10, 15 years down the road that you're still using? And I'll be honest, I, I still use some terminology and verbiage and technique stuff that I learned as a GA at 23 years old because it's like gold to me. It's like nostalgia, you know? Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be done. I, dude, I, I, one thing I learned was to be paranoid about your signals. <laughs> there were so many, you know, so many dudes stealing signals, and there's like a, a black market of signals. I mean, I, I could remember all the time I'd just be waiting for the email on Monday, like, hey, you guys got UAB this week. Which one of you guys broke down the signals? I mean, I just thought that, that was hilarious. And then people were like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it kind of was. I mean, there was a lot, a lot of drives where you'd be able to, to, to get an edge. So that's kind of one of the other things I took from it. I'm like, you know what? We might need to change our signals this week or something like that. So and, I don't and know. There, there are uh, – oh, I don't want to give away all the secrets, but, you know, when we were at BA, Adam and Steve were on the, were on the, uh, the sideline, and I was upstairs, and that was one of my duties, you know, of – Get the binoculars and 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 <laughs> pretty good with some. And then those guys who who wristband things, man, they suck. <laughs> well, I say unless you're like Patterson or some of them. I mean, every time they'd look at the wristband, you knew they were blitzing. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's exactly right, and that's where like oh, you know, I've. I'm I'm animated on the sideline. Don't get me wrong, but I've I've realized like because I watch I will watch us on film, you know, and I'm going and I'll tell our film guy I'm like, get you know get the field. I don't want me on the screen. <laughs> it, and so because they'll say, oh, that's what that means, and I'm like, golly, now I've got to change it. <laughs> so I, I I've been caught. I, I I have I've been caught, and it also comes from. Oh, like you say, networking relationships and friends to say, hey, bud, whenever you signal this, we know exactly what's happening. Well, guess what I do in the postseason analysis? All right, how do I change the signal? <laughs> That's right. We had a – and I won't mention his name. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but we had a coach a couple of years ago that he was the best uh, – you know, he could steal any signal. I've, uh, it was unreal how good he was, uh, you know, and he was a, a GA guy, so – uh, and where he was at in college, it was, a, I think, a pretty big deal for him. So it was some of those guys that can do it, they are, they're unreal, I guess, seeing patterns or whatever it is. I would assume they got to know a lot of football. But it's pretty amazing when you get someone that, that can do that stuff really well. Harper, it's a lot, it's a lot like being a sniper, all right? You've got to have a good spotter, all right? So you've got to have a guy that's there to write it down. I mean – Hey, hey, this time he used his left hand and he shook it a little bit like this. Okay, now this time he used his right hand, but it was here. So if, you got, exactly. a good, if you got a good spotter that can take some good notes, it, it really helps. Two, two sets of eyes are always better than one. For all you, all you signal stealers out there, I'm just letting you guys know. Well, well that's, and that's, that's one thing at, that I learned at Henderson State 
we were on offense. I mean, we were – in 2011, we were air raid, Tony Franklin. I mean, we were throwing it. And so we had – our offensive GA was a signaler. Our backup quarterback was a signaler. One of our student assistants was a signaler. And then we had a board guy who just held up a green, yellow, pink, orange board, right? Yep. yep. I, I, will, I will go to my grave before I tell you what all those meant. <laughs> and who was and who wasn't, but all four of those were doing something each play, and and that was a deal of nobody. Or I say nobody, nobody picked it up. You know, there was and and that was where I don't know. There's one guy of like me. You know, I say I'm on sideline, but I've always thought about man. You know, what if you had a guy who was a dummy guy? Or what if you had a guy who was like live and then I'm off, you know, I'm not, I'm signaling, but don't look at me on the second quarter or whatever, you know? So yeah. those signal stealers, those guys up in the box and, and oh, binoculars are an amazing thing. So I'll just put it that way. <laughs> There's nothing funnier to me than, uh, you know, you're watching an offense and, and they try to, they, you know, you have a high school that tries to use a dummy signaler, but you can tell they haven't practiced it. So you've got the one, guy that's the coordinator that looks really cool and he's in a different shirt and he's really getting after it. And then you got the dumb, the dummy signaler who's just some guy they pulled off the street and he's like staring at the offensive coordinator, waiting until he's done. And then, then the dummy claps. It's just, it's pretty funny that when the guys, they just, Oh, we just got to have a dummy signaler. Um, I don't think they're fooling anybody, but the ones that do it really well, they're, they're fun to watch. And that's, that's one of the reasons uh, walls, you know, now at broken arrow, we, you know, we use wristbands, we signal it in like that. But when Walls was at Broken Arrow, we actually had multiple signal, signals per play. We had a word yep. for each play, and we also had a number for the play. So we could signal in our code for the number, or we could signal in our code for the word. Now, both of them meant the same thing, but kind of kept some people off our signals a little bit, I think, whenever, whenever Walls was there. Well, and how, about, how about every now and again, you actually form a huddle? What? <laughs> What is, this, what is this concept? Yeah, every now and again, maybe you huddle or maybe you sugar huddle. And yeah, there's all kinds of things you can do. We didn't get many stolen from us this year. We were, we were on the wristband in the huddle, so we didn't have to worry about it as much. We just had to worry about getting the playoff. That, that's the thing, man, of how no huddle, you know, and everybody wants tempo and fastball and all that other. Guys who take the air out of it and huddle – I mean, it's like, yeah, what is that? Is 1978 coming back? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, from a defensive standpoint, uh, guys, when, when, when you start changing out personnel and, and when you're going from 11 to 10 or you're going from 10 to 12 or whatever, I mean, that's okay. I've got to get my guy out or that guy in, and, and it's a personnel change. And then you got to think, okay, is it going to be ace or is it going to be ace overs? I mean, so there it goes back to the in-season analysis of, okay, when that guy's in, well, that guy needs to come out and that guy needs to go in, you know. And so right. – and then when you huddle, is it right, right? Is it left, left? Are you making strong calls? Are you making – you know, I mean, you, you offensive guys have made, have made defense not fun. It's never been fun, but it's really not – it's really getting to the point of where it's getting bad. So, good, good. What I say is good. <laughs> Hey Gower, we were we were telling some stories. Uh, we we talk a lot about North Dakota State, just because. I mean, honestly, I think the run that those guys have been on up north is pretty much unprecedented. So it's it's one of those programs that I like to take a look at 
And, you know, they're a huge personnel team. So our guys at UNI that we know would always tell stories about, you know, the GAs had the toughest job in the building because they had to be able to match personnel. So is it 22? Is it 31? Is it 12? What is it, you know? Well, there'd be times they'd run a play in 22 and they'd sub off three dudes and three dudes would come on and they'd still be in 22. <laughs> so they just basically bring in their backup tight ends and like backup fullbacks, but they'd still be in the same thing. And all of a sudden they're jamming. And of course, guys are on the heads. It's like, what are they in? Are they at 20? I think they're still in 22. No, they had three guys run off. How can they still be in 22? They just were, you know, it's like, I swear they're in 22. But I mean, I, I can't imagine what kind of problems that would present to you, especially when all you're used to standing on the field, looking at the sideline they're still in 10 personnel and you guys are able to make all your checks. And the two things, I'll tell you the two things that are, that are not fun is when you've got that like H guy who can either be like a true H, like he's out there, you know, in, in two by two or three by one, 10 personnel. And then you bring within the core to be like the F. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, one time it's 10, then the next time it's 20, but it's, just, it's the same 11 guys, Yep. you know, so then it's like, okay, now you've got to have the guy from the box saying, okay, you've scripted and you said, all right, against 20, you like this. But then they sneak and motion him out, and it's now like chip split. Yeah. You know? And then you got yeah. the guys who are in, okay, it's 21 personnel, but that fullback could put his hand in the dirt real easy and make it double tight set. I, I remember that when we finally got rolling at Tulsa again, and you, you always talk to GAs, and they, they ask it. We played UAB, and we played the, the whole game at UAB. We had, a, we had a, a hybrid tight end, you know, who could put his hand on the ground, and he could flex, and he could catch, and he could do all those things. And then we had, you know, that H-back who could play tailback, who could play receiver, could do a lot of things, Willie Carter. So we were in 22 – or sorry, 21 personnel the whole game. But, I mean, we lined up in empty. We lined up in two-by-two two, uh, deuces open. We lined up in three by one. We lined up in the eye. I mean, and every single time, I remember that GA is like, hey, personnel, it's 21. Dude, they're in empty. It's 21. <laughs> and on the next, next snap, whatever, like, is, we're in, like, you know, I wing or something like that, you know, or Trey wing. And they're like, yeah, it's 21. What? We stayed in 21 the whole game and ran, you know, 20 formations. It was hilarious talking to that GA. He's like, I think they all wanted to fire me because they couldn't believe I kept saying 21 personnel. <laughs> That's where, um, that's that's where. Oh, how do I say this? Of the guys that can do that, because you want you know you're saying all right, you want coach, you want to make strong calls. You know, you always want to call it to the most receiver strength, or do you want to call it to the tight end set? You know, and then it's fine. Like, all right, just make a field call. <laughs> that's right. Make a call. You know. Yeah. It, it's like. Well, one time, you know, it's like spread two by two, but they go like Y shift to trade. You know, it's like it's, it's Trey set. And I'm going, yeah, let's make a field call. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, that's what we were just talking – Seymour, we just talked to Coach Seymour, and, and he was saying the same thing that, you know, it can really cause a problem, some of those guys that, that can be same, same personnel but multiple formations with those tight ends. Well, um, speaking of, of black market uh, video, and I, I won't – mention any names either because uh you don't want you know no one ever wants to know and then <laughs> i get it somehow and then and then i want to say how did you get this and they said don't ask so i don't even ask them but i happened upon some georgia film that i was watching and uh you know they've got two freakazoid tight ends and so they stay in 12 personnel the whole time they get in two by two 
and look at the front, and then they'll know decide which one to motion in to bring into 20, uh, depending on what front it is, over or under, and then run uh, zone seal at the three or at the shade, whichever one they want to do. So, Coach, you're talking, you, you think, you know, one of the things that I always wanted to do as an offensive coordinator was because uh, I, I couldn't stand it when you'd only throw the ball to two guys, you know, two receivers. And then the other guys that are in there, your fullbacks, your tight ends are just blocking guys. Or you rarely throw it to your backs. I mean, it was always one of my things was I want all five guys that are on the field. There's a possibility of them catching passes and being threats. So I wanted to develop plays for all those. But we've, we've talked a little bit about the, the hybrid, you know, tight ends that can cause a lot of problems. What about like, you know, tailbacks out of the backfield and guys that can motion and move around? It seems to be that uh, a lot of offenses, especially in college, have kind of gone to that. You know, the, the Patriots draft a bunch of small receivers that can really run routes and really catch the football out of the backfield. Does that give you guys issues? Or if it's not something maybe you see now, but is that something that you, you foresee that could give you issues? I'll, I'll use Rowdy as a, as a prime example. I mean, you know, they get in 21, and they're just shoving power down your throat over and over and over. And you start sucking that safety down in there, and all of a sudden, here comes play action post. You know, and 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 let's face it, as a DB coach, your your corner is he's felt he's falling asleep. There's been power, power right, power left, power right, power left, and all of a sudden, you go play action post over the top, and uh, you know Jay called it, and hey, they scored against us. You know, I'm thinking, golly, you know, if if if, if we can just keep them out of the end zone on power or counter or gap scheme or whatever, and all of a sudden it goes play action pass I'm going well we were one on one you know what I mean? because you've got to you've got to figure out a way talk about this at Glacier Clinic actually you've got to figure out the way to use that safety to make it look real dirty pre-snap say man I can't throw that play action post now he's sitting eight nine yards and he can undercut the the post but then all of a sudden you're getting power just shoved down your throat saying all right you need to get in the box and play like a like a Sam linebacker well Jay's going, all right, he's down. Here we go. Flash post one-on-one. So that's that's the, the hard part is guys are getting that two-back stuff. You've got to use that safety downhill somehow as bonus extra. And so that's kind of where, again, the three-by-one coverages have evolved to 10 personnel. You know, mm-hmm. everybody gets in to spread you out and maybe you check the box and run it, and then you've got the whole communist RPO stuff, right? I mean, yeah. it's like – and, and, oh, that's kind of the deal. Talk about analysis. I'll, I will find cut-ups. I don't care if it's one time or 14 times. I'm going to show the referee umpire before the ball game, hey, this guy was seven yards down the field, and they threw, like, play action, RPO, slant stick to number two. That's not legal, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And saying all that, you know, the two-back stuff and, and – Rowdy, you guys do such a, such a good job of it. And, it, you know, Brady, when you were with Dove, I mean, you guys would get in that 11 stuff, but, man, you would motion that, that H or, or that, that guy in, and it would become like pro wing, yep. you know? We were telling that safety, hey, you got to come down and be the extra, you know, where there's D gap or the extra run fit, and then you go, oh, wait, Dylan Stoner's playing the post guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might want to have an answer for that. So – the problem is we don't get to play with 12. So it's, it's which poison do you want? You know, all defense coordinators say, stop the run, stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. And, and, and you have to, you have to in this day, this day and age, of course, obviously in high school football, 
but one-on-one post ain't much fun either when you've got a corner on an island. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? No, I was going to say the the few games that I've had to play against him, I would say that would be number one is make sure you find a way to slow Stoner down. He was he was unreal in high school, what, what he did. Um, unbelievable, like you said. Uh, well, Coach, I just – you know, you, you had talked about Coach Wilkinson a couple times now, and, you, and you've mentioned some of those guys from Broken Arrow uh, while you were there. Um, when you kind of look back at that coaching tree, there's five, six, seven guys that are coordinators or they're head coaches or they're somewhere at a school, uh, you know, in the top administration levels of that school. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Obviously, it has to do with they were already good coaches. They are already good men coming into it. But, you know, how much of, of, of that is getting a bunch of guys that love football together and you guys thriving off of each other and learning from each other and, and I know still to this day, you know, your group is – that group of guys is still really strong and you guys still do talk uh, football all the time. It was a clinic every day. Uh, I mean, I mean, honestly. Now, it, there, there were times – I'm serious. It was – I really want to learn. And then it was give me the pin last. I mean, you, you know, so, so – but in saying all that, man, it, it was a clinic every day. And when you're surrounded by dudes that love talking ball, that, that love coaching kids, um, it, it made being at the office enjoyable every day. And, and I, you know, as a young coach, I knew what I had. I was 24 years old, you know, coaching, coaching secondary at Broken Arrow High School. I mean, I, I was sitting on top of the world. <laughs> I was working right. for a guy named Steve, Sp- Steve Spavital. I mean, really? I mean, it, how, how much better can it get, you know? And, and with with the college experience and, and and saying, well, here's how we did it at Henderson State, or Adam would say, well, here's how we did it at UCO or NEO. Uh, you know, T, Tyler Cade was a GA at OU, and when uh, Venables was at DC, say, well, we played it like this at OU. You know, so we were getting all sorts of of uh, this terminology or this verbiage. It, it just and it rubbed off, and man, it it was it was an exciting time uh, to be. You know, whether it was from January to, to spring ball or whether it was the summer or what, I mean, it was awesome, especially for a bachelor. I mean, I wasn't married. I hadn't met my wife yet. I mean, I said, why are all you guys going home? Oh, yeah, you guys got families. That's right. And so, <laughs> so um, I just, I wish I could tell you the experience. I, I can't because it's something that will never leave me, you know, and, um, you know, like guys like Tim Holt, head coach of Kawita now. You know, uh, Jay the, was, has been a head coach at, at Deer Creek and Coweta and now back to Broken Arrow. And, and Adam was head coach at Westmore and, and now defense coordinator at Mustang. I mean, the connection and network that those guys that, that we have, and, I, and I'll tell you, the worst part of it is playing and, and against those guys and scouting against those guys. Knowing one of you at the end of the night is not going to feel good. And, you know, at the, at the end – Playing Adam, you know, and, and we've been fortunate, but it's felt good. But at the same time, man, it doesn't feel good. You know, Adam was the best man in my wedding, and and uh, Steve Dunn was was a groomsman. Jay was a, was a groomsman, and 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 playing against those guys, it's fun because it makes you better. It makes you think, and it makes you think about those chalk talks and chalk wars we used to have in January and February. But at the end of the night, it's like, man, one of us is not going to be happy, and 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 that. That's kind of the, the the bad part of the deal, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it's, it's still about relationships and, and it's the brotherhood. And, and we've always said, you know, we're 
we're even though we're playing each other, we're two teams, we're one family, and and we've really we've really stuck by that. And and, and again, it goes back to the network. If I may not know the guy, but Jay Wilkinson's going to know the guy. I may not know the guy that's trying to, that you're trying to get the job from, but Adam's going to know the guy. And same same way with Tyler Cade and Coach Spavitaud. And so um, that was the other thing that. Gosh, we were really – I thought we were really good at the X's and O's and stuff that we were doing. You know, one week we're playing over front defense. You know, we're 6-3, shade 5. The next week we're playing Oki front two-gap defense uh, because we had an incredible coaching staff. And then you go again, go back to what we are talking about an hour ago, the three-by-one coverages. I learned from Henderson and I applied them to Broken Arrow. And, and, and Steve said, well, we did it this way at OSU. Or Adam said, we're, we do it this way now because we used to do it this way at NEO. And so they just kind of formed, they morphed, and um, I, I know I'm rambling, but I think you see the, the connection, the bond that I feel towards Coach Spav and, and, Coach, and Coach Gaylor and, and Wilk and, and Tim Holt and Tyler Cade and, and Steve Dunn. It's, it's, it's something that it's special, and especially as a young guy, especially as a young guy, you always take that with you. Um, and, and I, just, I can't say enough about those guys as coaches, as men, as husbands, as fathers. Um, they're, they're everything that, that is right about coaching, about high school football, about trying to get better, you know. And that's another thing. You talk about postseason analysis of are you – oh, I, I'm using Coach Spav term. Are you coking and joking in January or are you trying to look forward to win week one, you know, and, and – uh, you know, you can lift and do all the stadiums and the conditioning and all that other, don't get me wrong. But as a coach, how are you preparing yourself to preparing your kids? And I know they play on Friday night and we don't get to play anymore and our glory days are over. I get it. But what are you doing as a coach with the black market all 22, with the playbooks, with the connections? Are you going to meet with people? Are you going to Glacier Clinic? Are you going to Nike Clinic? Are you, what are you doing as a coach to help yourself? Because, again, that was one thing I learned from Adam and Steve and, and Spav and Jay. Don't be the coach that says, uh, you know, keep it simple. Oh, we're going to do what we do. Uh, you know, I've never been anywhere where we can do what we do. We're going to be better, especially playing against Owasso, Jinx, and, and Union. You know, those guys will kill you. Um, so that was really important to us of how were we going to beat Union, Jinx, Owasso. And we were trying to beat them in January. You know, and so that I really took that with me, and, and I've, I've tried to try to make it important to watch some kind of tape every day, study playbook every day. Go back. I, I find myself watching the 2013 clips of Broken Arrow, <laughs> you know, because right. I like to go down memory lane. I won't lie. <laughs> but yeah. I also like to I'll also like say, man, we were doing some good stuff in 2013. You know, we were playing one gap on first down. We are playing two gap on, on second down. You know, this time we're playing solo coverage, or this time we're playing lock coverage. So that was one thing I took. Of, I was blessed to be to be around great football coaches, but guys that mentored me and guys that um, took me under their wing. And I'm fortunate to be the where I where I am now. You know, so and that's the next thing. If you ever forget where you come from or where you started or who helped you along the way, then uh, you're missing the point. Um, I, I'm I'm where I'm at, and, and I'm blessed. You know, play state championship in 2016 I really I really believe and I'm a firm believer that I would not have been able to be in that situation without those guys mentorship and leadership and guiding me and aiding me along and where I am now so I, I'm a firm believer in that of of 
take every day and learn something and apply it to tomorrow. I love that. Um, and, and that, you know, I kind of fall into the same category. I, I kind of lucked into my first job was uh, getting to coach offensive line, you know, as an assistant kind of at first and then kind of fell into my lap. I got to, to be the offensive line coach. And now then Coach Broyles came in and now we, we coach it together. But, um, you know, I got to come in and with Coach Walls and then Coach Alexander and then now that Jay's come in, uh, I can go just about any university or talk to any college coach there is will talk to me because one of those three guys knows them. Um, we went down to Michigan and, you know, Coach A didn't even have to look at the at the um, the coaches. We're there and, and he sees a couple guys he played with in the NFL that are coaching at Michigan. And so we get to go meet with them. And then Brady had already set up where we could go to Michigan State and get to go watch film. And then uh, this offseason, Jay's got it set up. We're going to go to you know, Wyoming and a rice with their new staff. So um, makes it really nice when, when you kind of, when you fall, that falls into your lap. And, and like you said, trying to be as a young coach, like for me, you know, trying to just be happy with, with where you're at, you know, not always trying to move up, but um, something I've been really focused on this, this past couple of years is just, um, you know, figuring out how lucky I am to be in that position and, being happy and content with getting better in the position I'm at and realizing, you know, not, not many coaches get to have coaches like Wilk and, and Brady and coach Alexander all in their corner at, at such a young age. And that's right. And uh, we, we talk about the leave stuff laying around, uh, around the house. My wife's fine. And she'll say, who's this? Oh yeah. That's my list for whenever I become a head coach. These are the people I'm going to call to come work, come work for me and with me, you know? So, so I don't know if that day will ever happen. And that's what you're talking about, you know. I'm in a place that, man, I'm happy. Life is good. We've got a brand-new facility, uh, a great administration. I mean, I, I can't complain, you know. And, and But at the same time, I would hope that I would one day become a head coach. Not tomorrow, not next week, but that I would get the opportunity. But – that's another thing, you know, the connections and the network and the path you're going to go down one day, you're going to meet people, you're going to go, you know what, I want that guy to be my O-line coach. I want that guy to be my linebacker coach. And so she'll ask me one, you know, who is this? I don't know him. Yeah, that's a guy I met that, oh, I met convention and we just kind of hit it off, you know, so. <laughs> right. So, again, it goes back to the, the postseason analysis, the analysis of what are you doing networking-wise, like you guys, man, this podcast it, it, oh, I'm, so I'm driving to Arkadelphia the other day, and guess what I turned on? Coach Johnson's podcast, right? That's awesome. I mean, and, and so, and, and oh, I might have heard a little bit about Coach Harper running power. Not that I would know anything about that. But, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's, you know, in saying all that, it's, it's, you know, creating a list of huddle and postseason analysis. But also, man, these are the guys that help you. And these are the guys that, Oh, how do I say this? I may never get to hire Rowdy Harper, but I'm going to try. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, because I because I played against him, I know how how nasty and how good and how their technique and what they do O line. That's a guy I want on my staff. Now it may not happen, but you don't know if you don't try. And and so and that was the thing that that Adam and and, and Coach Spav and you know my and I got I got to tell this story. My first spring, my first spring at Broken Arrow. 
we're, we're going good on good, you know, and Adam and Jay, and I thought it was about to be a knockdown drag out. I mean, I'm, you know, it, it, yeah. I'm kind of taken aback. I'm going, all right, I'm just going to sit on the stands and watch y'all coach, you know. And so, so, you know, we're kind of scrimmaging, going up and down a little bit. And all of a sudden, I see Coach Spath take the ball, and he's like the umpire. He's like spotting the ball. And I'm looking around going, is that what's supposed to happen? Like, is the young guy supposed to do this? Like, am I about to get yelled at or whatever? You know, and and and, and that was the deal. He calls us grass coaches. And, and, and that's that's a term that's always stuck with me of, of being a grass coach. You know, coaching the guys as hard as you can and loving them as hard as you can every day. And, and that was Spav's deal. He goes, look, man, I've done my time. I, I, I just like being the head coach and watching you guys – Coach, and I was thinking about Coach Spad, man. He had full confidence in his coordinators and his assistants, and he surrounded himself with unbelievable people and unbelievable guys and, and uh, oh, loyal, just guys that were awesome to be around. And, and so I see Coach Spad spotting the ball in the spring ball, and I'm going, um, so are we all about to get fired here or what's going on? I mean, I just got hired. Somebody tell me what's going on. And I kind of go to him and say, Coach, I'll spot that. And he goes, no, you go coach. You take care of your kids. Okay, yes, sir. So I've, I've really learned about that from staff. Hire the best guys you can. And, and, and guys that have been around guys like Jay Wilkinson, you know, Doug Maddox, uh, Steve Dunn, Adam Gaylor, because those are the guys I want to network, and those are the guys that I want to come in and out of the office with and go to war with on Friday night. I think the, the cool thing about doing this podcast too, Coach, you know, I, I agree with, with all the, the networking and learning is is th- this gives us an avenue to, to kind of share, you know, the, the blessings we've had. You know, there, there's not many guys that, that have the opportunities to work for, for guys like Spav and guys like Gaylor. You know, I, I had the, the, the luxury of being able to work for Alan Trimble and then you work for, for Bill Blankenship at Tulsa. You know, not many guys can say that. So, um being able to do this podcast and being able to, to talk to guys that have kind of been in that environment and then we're able to share some of these things. I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about it. You know, we get to go to a lot of these cool colleges, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of schools, you know, where I'm from South Dakota or, you know, I know guys that coach up in Alaska, they don't have these opportunities to, to go to these schools. So it gives us a great Avenue and, and you guys do a great job of being able to, to kind of bring that clinic to life for these guys. And that's the the feedback we get from a lot of our listeners. That's really, really powerful. And it makes this thing worth every minute we use for it. Uh, and you, you guys, man, are, 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 and I'm seeing when I say this, you guys are changing the game. I mean, it is, it is so enjoyable. I don't know if it's because you're kind of Oklahoma guys, you know, and I don't know if it's because we're kind of, we're kind of all friends and buddies and, and that's the next deal. You know, we're, we're friends six out of the seven days a week, you know, we're, we're, right. we're we're cool. We're friends. We can hang out with each other. But on Friday night, we're trying to, to just beat each other as bad as possible, you know. But And that was one thing about we all had so much respect for each other because we were good coaches. We were good programs. And at the end of the day, we said, man, you your guys played hard. You guys played well. Now, you know, that was the – let's call it like it was, you know. If, it hurt to lose in the playoff game. But, man, I had so much respect for, for Coach Harper and Coach Wilkinson at the end of the day. I said, man, you guys just got after us. You know, it obviously didn't work out the way you wanted to, but the respect that I had for 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 you guys and, and you, Coach Walls at Jinx, you know, it was like, and those guys are good. And it's not just because they have good players; it's because they've got good schemes. They they work at it. Um, 
And, and that's where like, you know, on social media, I got a DM from a guy that I have no idea who he was. And, and he, you know, you could tell he's following my profile and he said, man, you got some good stuff, you know, and I listened to your, to your, to your podcast. And, um, and I just kind of told him, I said, well, I stole it from somebody else, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the deal of, of he stole it from somewhere else and that guy stole it from somewhere else. And you've kind of refined it to make it your own a little bit, but that, and I started thinking, you know, I'm texting and DM this guy back and I said, man, uh, so I'll go back through our Twitter and, and the, the, the conversations that, that Jay and you and, and me and we'll all get into, it's like some of it you kind of got to read through it because there's an underlining like five-year secret society <laughs> that, that it, it looks like gibberish to probably the outside world. Uh, but that's us, exactly it, right. I, I'll i go I'll, – I'll look at a, you guys all t- uh, tweeting one night and come in thinking it means one thing and ask Jay about it, and it means something completely different. <laughs> that's, we, we can't, you know, you talk about language and verbiage. We have our own language and verbiage with each other a little bit. Right. You know, and I, I know I've harped on that for the past 30 minutes, but that's the thing about networking, connection, the thing that you guys are doing right now, you know, of – you guys are going to have some dude on in two or three months that I'm going to want to DM and go, Hey, uh, you and I need to network. I don't know you, but, uh, yeah, you want to be my friend. It, you know, it's, 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 so it's stuff like like this that you guys are doing that's, that's revolutionizing the game and how coaches interact and, and, and not just X and O and lock coverage, you know, and, or zone blitz or whatever. It's, it's what you guys are doing within the coaching world is, is top notch, man. And I am, I'm honored to be with you guys. So, uh, well, we really appreciate it, Coach, and and we won't keep you on for for much longer. But um, to that point, I'm just going to say, um, you know, we kind of did this help out coaches, help out ourselves by getting in front of other coaches and, and learning football in the off season. So we decided, hey, if we're going to do that, we might as well share it with everybody else. But one of my, you know, one of my more excited moments because I'm still a young coach is um, I had a guy text me. I didn't have the number. He's like, this is so and so from. Uh, you know, his high school uh, that he coaches at. I just got bumped up to special teams coordinator. Is there anybody that, that you've got that I could talk to? You know, and, and I was able to hit him up with, you know, uh, three, you know, pretty big names with Coach Johnson and, like you said, Coach Holt and uh, a, a coach at Tulsa that had really helped me out with some special teams stuff as well. And, and you know, it's a guy I'd never met. I sent him these three contacts. I say, you know, hope this can help coach. And, and he says, man, it really does. I really appreciate everything. So um, it, it's cool just to see how coaches helping each other out, especially at, at this time and where football is, to, to be able to stand up and, and help each other for the game, better the game. And then, like you said, day seven on Friday night, still be able to get after it. Um, last thing, Coach, just kind of I ask everybody. So, um, you know, if you're, you're watching film, and like you said, you're a junkie, you watch a ton of, uh, of film, when you're watching offensive film and, and you see an offensive line, what's something that they would do that would make you think very highly of their coach? Yeah, honestly, for me, it's pre-snap, you know, of what's – and I know some guys are in the two-point stance or the three-point stance or kind of the rock back or whatever. Man, when, when you've got the, those, those back flat, butt up, we're – it's it's like 1974. We're running power at you. I'm going. Oh no, 
you, you know, I mean, that's that's the next deal. And then you hit the play button, and when it's down, down kick, and it's it's man, I'm going to drive you into the fourth row of the stands. That is so – I have so much respect for a guy like that. And, oh, don't get me wrong, I've, I've tried to call a holding penalty or two or a hundred once sure. in a while. But but that's the deal, man, of when you're down blocking us and, and I'll just say, hey, we got down blocked. We got down blocking. <laughs> we got trouble. You know, I got to have an answer. And, and that's, that's part of me. I can't play for our kids, neither can you guys, but that's where I've got to have an answer to say, okay, you know, because that's – and I, I get real big and like, don't be the rah-rah coach. Oh, you got to get off the down block. Well, of course, coach, he's in a four-eye. He's going to get the tackle and the tight end down on him. You tell me how that's going to go. So, it, it, that's one of the deals of when it comes to what do you look like pre-snap? You know, do you have one guy who's not flexible in his hips and he's standing tall? Or do you have all five from tackle to tackle, man, they're back flat, butt up, and it's like we are going to get four yards on this play in the discussion. And then when the play happens and they get four yards, you're going, yep, I respect that O-line coach, that offensive coordinator. They are doing things the way O-line is supposed to be played. I've never played or coached O-line, but from a defensive standpoint, that's the first thing, obviously, you know, break down all run games. Is it zone, is it power, is it counter, is it, is it GF, whatever. That's when I, you know, I'm going, okay, I don't want to see that run game. So how do I, how do I schem- schematically defeat that run game to have the extra hat in the box? You know, so we're going, we may be driving them down to the point of attack, but we cannot block that six-yard safety. Oh, yeah, well, here comes play action post, you know, because <laughs> I've respected you so much that I've said, look, corner, you're one-on-one, figure it out. i got to get the safety down the box. You know, that's that's me and a defensive standpoint saying, yeah, I respect you offensive line more than I want to admit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, I don't – you know, I don't know how much X and O's we talked tonight. We started off good with three by one, and then we started talking about networking and people <laughs> I kind of like. So. Well, that, that's the best part about it. And, I, you know, I know Walls will say that too, but just, you know, we get to just talk like we would in a uh... – like if we were in a locker room or, or and you know, in the coach's office, we just get to go off. You never know what it's going to be about, and that's one of the reasons we don't we don't uh, we might have a little few notes on on a guy if we don't know him. But if we know a guy, we don't have any notes. We don't have any questions for him. We we uh, get on the phone call and we just start talking football, just like we would uh, if we if we saw him at a clinic. And you know, to me, that's what makes it fun. And um, I hope that's what what people like to listen to. If they don't. Um, I don't know that we're, we'll ever change it, so we might just not have any anyone listening to us, and we'll just keep pushing them out there for for our uh, for my mom to listen to. But right. <laughs> right now, it's been fun. And that's the deal, you know. We go back and talk a little bit of X and O for two minutes with our three by one coverages. We have found a way, you know. If we're we're drop eight, we're we're okay. Rush three, drop eight is the base. But with our three by one coverages of every one of them, I mean, two read, cover four, whatever. We have found ways to rush four or, or fire zone rush five and still keep our three-by-one variations. I don't mean, you know, everybody runs fire zone, they spend cover three, single high stuff. What's been the fun part in the postseason analysis is we still can keep our two-high structure and still have a cut player on two. You know, we may be bringing, uh, you know, like a four-man rush from the field 
but we can have a cut player and that Mike Backer that's he's going to replace the nickel, you know, or or we can bring five from the boundary and use the high school hash and still play, oh, like a cover eight concept, you know. So we're still playing palms to the field and two by two, but we're playing like cover eight where the strong where the free safety's driving two out or two vertical, you know, and and so that's been the fun part of it to where we don't say all right fire zone cover three, you know it it's we're, we're marrying our concepts of base two by two and three by one coverages to our rushing four and rushing five to where I don't have to always say, all right, hey, we're going to spin cover one or cover three here and let everybody in the world know what we're doing. And, and that's, that's been really fun, the postseason, of how, how do we keep our too high structure? Because I'm a, I'm a safeties guy. I'm a, I'm a secondary guy. I love too high stuff. How do I keep that too high stuff but make your OC and quarterback uncomfortable and still bring four and five? And that's – that's been a lot of fun. So, and you talk about Locke. I didn't go over this in podcast for various reasons, but I will <laughs> say we have we have found certain ways to bring four and five man pressure and still play lock coverage, and that has been a lot of fun. And I don't mean all right, hey, we're going to be two over two. I mean we're still going to have two over one, or we're going to be playing three over two or four over three, and we're still bringing five and. That's what this podcast is for, but I'm kind of going to be a little bit incognito of saying, if you want to learn more, then, you know, <laughs> sure. meet, meet Connection and Network, and I'll tell you how we do it. <laughs> that's, well, that's, what I, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it's cool to get into some of the X's and O's stuff here on a podcast, but I think there's only so much you, you can kind of – you know, digest when you're listening to something. You almost kind of got to pause it, draw something up. I mean, I'm hoping it just kind of – you know, triggers questions from somebody. It's like, you know what, Coach Gower's a guy I need to contact. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Powerlift, Health IQ, and Team Attack Academy. We'll get your free quote at healthiq.com slash runthepower. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.